the Spanish announce table. We are back with episode 317 of the Spanish announce table. We're going to celebrate pro wrestling. We are also going to celebrate briefly before we do that. Them Kansas City Chiefs. I wonder if our friend Justin Summers is listening. He had us on Wrestling Cheers a couple weeks ago, his his great podcast, where we talked about a lot of things. And I think we called the game and the outcome in that podcast and on our podcast. And um, them Chiefs won, so that was fun, Tom. What else is new? But also tell me how, how exciting was that for you? Well, I mean, not to brag, but it was exactly what we said, right? Right when it would be become the toughest part of the game, early third quarter, you're down, you have to get a big play. What does Baker Mayfield do? He throws an interception. Just going to say that's kind of what he does. And I understand he played a good game. He did really well. But guess yeah. what? For that offense, for being as good as they are, only had 17 points. That's not a lot, especially in today's NFL. So did he play that great? Kind of. But are we judging it by a curve? Yeah. Also... Patrick Mahomes won the commercial battle. That's what I was also keeping track of. Eight to two, because it was all mm. Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes commercials. Eight to two, Patrick Mahomes with the State Farm and uh, the other sponsorship that now just uh, I forget in my mind. But I tell you what, if that uh, Super Bowl potentially is the Packers and Patrick or and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, man, oh man. We might have just Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers for three and a half hours, every commercial and every yeah, every play. commercial break. Well, f they'll find a way to put it in every commercial yeah. break. They might as well just call it the State Farm Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, why not? If that's the Super Bowl that happens, Farm, we'll right? see. Hey, but before we uh, move into the pro wrestling talk, let's just have a little fun here. So our Kansas City Chiefs are trying to do back-to-back -back Super Bowls. Uh, they are taking on the Buffalo Bills, who we did beat earlier in the season in Buffalo when all we did was run the ball. How boring is that? Imagine how much fun we're going to have when it actually counts. That's beside the point. Who do you got between the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers? Let's do our Super Bowl prediction on a pro wrestling podcast. Tom, we've discussed this. Uh, we don't have to worry about the outcome of the Chiefs game because I am in possession of the candle, the St. Patrick Mahomes candle that mm -hmm. will be lit for the duration of the contest, quote unquote, uh, Chiefs, mm -hmm. Chiefs win. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't want to venture into a score because who knows, you know what I mean? Like we, we see all these weird things. NFL games are always tight and close and that's why the, the line is rarely ever in double digits. So, I mean, I'll say Chiefs, you know, by eight. I got 34-20. Chiefs mm. we okay. won we won 28 to 17 in week six uh, oddly enough the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers also played against each other in week six so that was kind of interesting um, but yeah I think uh, this isn't going to be as close of a game as the Browns which by the way if our kicker just doesn't uh, want to invest more time in his clothing line instead of his kicks we would have won by nine so shut up, right? He missed a field goal and an extra point that were within 30 yards. That's not going to happen twice. So take it easy, Browns fans. Yeah, uh, look, <laughs> I'm just having a good time here. Uh, look, but, uh, the Cleveland Browns lost just like anybody can lose on any given Sunday. 
You know what I mean? Mahomes wasn't even in there, but like for a half of football, and you guys still lost the game. That was scary. He got a neck concussion. Those aren't fun. Mm-hmm. I've had one of those. Uh, it is brutal. Uh, it's quick. It's one of those things where, and if you watch back the video, and again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to diagnose him necessarily, but from Just what I remember, love. right. But when I had my neck concussion, it was very similar to where you get like a flash knockout and then you're coherent. Like I can look at you and say like, yep, we're all good. But then my body's like, we're going to rest. And so now you're in this conflict of, I want to get up in your torso and then legs are like, Nah, and that's what you kind of saw with Patrick Mahomes, where he's like, okay. "Okay, next play," and then his body's like, "Hey, how about we just sleep?" And you're like, "What the fuck is happening?" So I think that's what happens. Again, I'm not a doctor. I remember how my neck concussion was, and it was very similar to that. The very next day, Andy Reid said in, pe- in a press conference that he had passed all his tests, and so the issue is like with the concussion protocol is when you're in that state, you're in the concussion protocol. So even though you like can clear all the concussion tests, you have to go through this like step by step, and maybe that's rightfully so, right? Let's slow roll this and just make sure, right? And I get that, but like so, um, word is, I mean, he's a full. Full participant in practice last two days. They have to list them as less than that, but they say, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, the only thing that I'm honestly worried about is nothing on the offensive side. It's uh, the other person who got a big concussion during that game that I feel like no one's talking about is Breland, our corner. Yeah, I haven't heard about that. Mm -hmm. And then also who didn't even play in that game because of his injury was our other starting quarter, uh, Rashad Fenton. So we could be going into this game against the Buffalo Bills without our two starting corners. That has me worried. I'm hoping they get back in there and we're good. If not, it might be a little closer to what I'm predicting. Anyhow, that's that side of the uh, the conference. On the NFC side, we have the Packers and Bucks. Now, if the Bucks win, it would be the first time in NFL history that the host city will have their hometown team playing in the Super Bowl. So Tampa Bay will be playing in Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl. So... What do you got with that? Packers, Buccaneers. As much as I would love to see Mahomes get a chance to slice Brady's throat in a Super Bowl, um, I it would just make me want to vomit if Tom Brady again was in a goddamn Super Bowl. I thought this guy was done for. I thought he was going to do the Phillip Rivers see you later tour down there with the what? Tampa Brady Gronkineers, but uh, here we go. I don't know. I'm also kind of more worried about a Rodgers because we've seen this. Like, Rodgers is still the guy who has that Mahomes-like quality where, oh, he can scramble real quick. You can be doing everything right. You can be sacking him, and as he's falling down, he can kind of throw behind his head a 70-yard touchdown perfectly. Mm -hmm. And you go, God damn it. Uh, So, I don't know, man. I I think, I feel like Destiny tells you it's this Green Bay – Kansas City. Kansas City, and I think that's what, the way it's going to go. I just think Gronk and Tom are just a little too old at that point to overcome somebody as good as as. Well, remember know, in week been, six. But... Remember in week six, Aaron Rodgers is most likely going to be the NFL MVP because they only give yeah. it to a quarterback. That aside, uh, Tampa Bay beat him 34-10 to 10 in but week he's six. He's also a bit of a head case for whatever reason. Now, Tom Brady is too. I mean, he's a whack job as well, but it just seems more, I don't know, more with it in the – you know what I mean? In the moment? I don't know. It's weird. That's a great matchup to watch. That's going to be great to watch. But that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk some pro wrestling. Outside of uh, what's new with you, Tom, 
anything anything fresh so yeah we got the uh we got the big game coming up on sunday uh saturday night my uh personal favorite fighter dustin poirier will be in the main event of ufc 257 taking on the most popular mma fighter in the world conor mcgregor it's going to be a rematch the first time around did not go well for dustin poirier he was knocked out in about a minute and a half uh, so we'll see if he can change his fortunes and come out on the winning end of this rematch. And again, the main event of UFC 257. So I got that Saturday night, got uh, the Chiefs game Sunday night. So a big weekend for my sports uh, intake. So that is really the only things I've been looking forward to as far as other things. And we can get into this now if you want. Well, actually, no. Let's get into what you've been up to because you actually have some real fun news, personal news. Yeah, I, did. I got a new job. Yeah, yeah how's that job. going? Started started uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm going good so far. I went in yesterday. It's, you know, it's a company local here, um, and I went and picked up the supplies and equipment and talked to them. But it's going to be work from home until COVID has fully kind of subsided. You know, mm-hmm. they're still you know wanting people to stay out. Um, so today was the second day of that. Got all the equipment set up. Did a couple trainings. Uh, you know what I mean? Met some more folks, and things are just still kind of slow rolling in that regard. But everything should be fun, and exciting, man. It's it's nice to uh, get back into this kind of setting. You know, COVID kind of. It was the right start of COVID when I got let go of the other job. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I've been working uh, on the side, but uh, yeah, Oof. COVID. Well, good. Well, but I'm glad to hear that you've landed on your feet with a good company. And Mm -hmm. day two, you haven't wanted to quit. So that's a plus as well. Uh, Right. So that is fantastic. So, yeah, Yeah. let's get into what we were talking about off air. Um, One newsworthy interview that was not just us on Wrestling Cheers two weeks ago was a surprise, I believe, appearance from The Undertaker on one of the most popular podcasts in the world, the Joe Rogan experience. So, Tim, uh, if I tell you Undertaker is on Joe Rogan's podcast, what are you expecting to hear? What's some of your takeaways that you're like, okay, we're going to hear X. What, what do you think will happen? Well, you would think they would discuss the wrestling career and some of the life of Mark Calloway. Um, but knowing Joe Rogan... There was probably a whole host of weird ass things that they talked about. Yeah, so I actually listened to this, not the entire thing thoroughly. I'm not going to make a top 10 things you learn about Undertaker on Joe Rogan's podcast. I didn't listen to it with that type of intent, but so- certain things did catch my ear. Uh, one of which may get the WWE in a little bit of hot water, especially maybe Vince McMahon pissed off. Uh, Undertaker admitted to uh, essentially using steroids throughout his WWE career. And it seemed like it wasn't just in the 90s when, oh, hey, we got in trouble and we got to go to a grand jury. It seems like maybe, and maybe I'm assuming a little bit too much, but it seemed like maybe throughout his entire career. So then, yeah, what is the things like the statute of limitations and can, can the state or whoever was going after him bring up charges on new evidence you know what i mean like that's i don't know but i tell you what it was personally just gonna say it uh out loud it was a difficult listen i you know i think the career of the undertaker that undertaker character is awesome it's phenomenal there's so many great memories that i have of that character and of his career but this tell-all media blitz that he's doing makes me like Mark Calloway less and less and less. And another big takeaway 
outside of the, hey, I did steroids, didn't you know, was uh, Undertaker, I don't know necessarily burying the locker room of today in pro wrestling, but essentially saying, you know, my era, we had, quote, guns and knives, and this era has video games and game controllers. So uh, when you heard that, if I told you the first time off air, or maybe you've heard it elsewhere what do you think of that comment the you know back in my day we were tough and now today these guys are all soft i hate the comment first of all i i've seen this comment my whole life from everybody every walk of life and i remember most famously if you're into college basketball mm-hmm. uh, frank martin head coach of south carolina had a big espn you know rant speech about how kids are soft these days and all this stuff and and you know i mean how this generation is different and everything my, my response always is like uh hey yeah on what measurable uh fucking grounds are you basing that you got any kind of data or anything to prove your fucking bullshit assertion that every generation has said about every generation After, you know that yeah. follows it mm-hmm. do you not hear yourself like when do you guys snap out of it and the thing that really bothers me about a guy like The Undertaker is, like, there's twofold to his comment where I'm like, okay. So his generation says, we were all guns and knives, and these guys are video game controllers. Is that a good – that's a terrible Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked it, it. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. But to the generation, you know, the like, kids younger than us that are playing those video games, like, all they're hearing you say is, like, hey, we used to be bad people, and you guys aren't. And they're like – yeah, thanks, Grams. Get the fuck out of here. Right. And that's kind of, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, they're kind of right now. Grams, mm-hmm. get out of here. And the second part about that is, like, he's the same guy who in that interview will say, you know, people from California moving to Texas, just leave your politics here. Hey, you can't say that you're the fucking moral side when you were just saying you're the guns and knives guy versus the video game controller. You don't get to have both of those and have me sit here and be like, you're a fucking great guy I should respect. I don't yeah. like, yeah, I don't, I like Mark Calloway less and less every time I hear him. The whole pulling back the curtain thing that he did made me just kind of wish he hadn't. Yeah, and at I some agree. Point, like, okay, fine, you know, and that's like, fine, you know, that's cool, that's you. But again, like, uh, huh, like, I, I, why? Like, why is that? Like, I, I, I know, I, I don't want to be the type of like, why are you sharing your politics? Because people do that. And, you know, I mean, I speak freely of it. Like, that's fine. But like, when I get my why is like, why do you want to act like you're the guy who's saying the the correct positive thing here when you're talking about being violent and angry mm-hmm. and fucking, you know what I mean? A, a detriment to society at large for the most part. And you're talking about guys playing video games with each other and talking shit and busting balls. Sorry. I'm sorry if, if I'm the guy saying uh, those guys are better than than you so let's just move on i don't know like your career like you said great amazing undertaker the stories told about undertaker uh fucking amazing fucking amazing but this Mm -hmm. guy is kind of on my nerves (laughs) yeah i agree i don't like him i don't i mean again i've never met him so maybe my impression would be different because again one thing that i have to always consider when he is doing all of these interviews is he didn't do interviews for 15 years and now a microphone's right in front of him he might get nervous saying a little odd things and stuff so i'm trying to be a little bit forgiving of some of his maybe bonehead comments right i think if 
the first microphone he, we get is in this time in in history right. where everybody's got something to say about what he's yeah. saying. Yes. And, and, and what I mean by that is I don't necessarily know if he was given a take two if he would mention steroids again, right? Like I'm going to say like, hey, yeah. you kind of fumbled, but again, first time kind of doing the interview circuit in the long ass time. So whatever, kind of don't say it again, right? But the personality the stuff is is something that I feel like he's been saying for a while during this media tour. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. the first time he said something like this. And one thing I want to clarify is, you know, Tim and I, Tim and I have talked a lot about like th- this fucking current era uh, of wrestlers are dorks, right? They play the video games. They talk about the Minecraft and all of that, but we're never yeah, saying I agree like with them. they're dorks, but I'm not saying like, they're... well, but they're not bad people, right? Like <laughs> right, that's yeah. the thing is like, it's okay. Now, if you're going to play a video game with me, I would rather it be a traditional sports game like a Madden or a basketball, like something we could actually go outside and do. When you start doing the Halo and then the other stuff, that's when I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Here's here's something, though. I think The Undertaker is trying to hit on something of the same thing that we're saying. He's saying these guys aren't cool guys, and we've said that. But he's hitting on like on this like aspect that like the only thing that could be cool that they should be doing is like guns and knives and drinking right. and partying. There's plenty of cool guys who play video games in fucking 2021. Exactly. There are yeah. super cool guys who have fucking, they make a shit ton of money on Twitch and YouTube for it. So mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like you're still not making any sense. You're making a, a, a connection where there isn't one. So yeah, you're trying to say uh, that these, th- this generation of pro wrestlers are soft, not that mm-hmm. they're like the only way you can be cool is by being an outlaw or some type of on the fringe criminal. And that's not right. true. What we've always said, and this is where I'd like, this is where I'm trying to clarify to the, to the audience is like, like you said, there are plenty of cool people who play video games another one of my favorite fighters max holloway is signed to the facebook gaming community Mm -hmm. he is a facebook gamer he is cool as shit i Mm -hmm. like max holloway i've hung out with max holloway he's tough as shit too but like i've hung out with him i liked interacting with him i like his interviews like he is a cool guy he is not a pro wrestler and the pro wrestlers who are playing in these video game communities are the fucking young bucks and i don't like the young bucks and that's what we're saying when like the video game culture we're not it's not an indictment that you play video games it's we're saying you're a dork and by the way you play video games it's different than saying you gotta be a fucking outlaw. If you haven't stabbed someone or been like new Jack in the ring, then we don't fucking care about you. That's stupid. The other thing that he said that I'd like to point out is he talked about how this style is soft. And he's like, you know, you, you, you do a six fifty splash one week. And then what are you going to do the next week? It just, it's all this soft ballet stuff, which to a certain extent, I understand that criticism. Some of Lucha Libre is a little bit much with the hold the hand, move here, one, two, three, four, five. There was a five. move on AEW that we're going to talk about in the tag team match with Private Party and, and yeah, exactly. Uh, with team, like where it took so long, it was so coordinated, and so right. it was like, guys, none of this would be like I, we all know it's not real, but like, come on, like I can't yeah. even. So, anyway, so I so, get what he's saying in some of that, right? Yeah. Well, but guess who had one of his signature signature moves be I'm going to hold your hand, get up <laughs> on the top rope, walk down the top rope, and then hit your fucking shoulder. Get the fuck out of here. I'm gonna turn you upside down, hug you real tight close to my body, drop down to my knees and gently lay you to the fucking mat, 
And then yeah. I'm going to pin you like I really hurt you. Yeah, but the but the fucking <laughs> hey, and now I've twisted your arm, right? That hurts, pal. And then watch me walk up here, and then we're gonna tightrope walk. Why? Cause I don't know. I'm seven foot. It looks cool. And then I'm gonna fucking hit your shoulder. Shut the fuck up. You started this shit, Undertaker, with your <laughs> bullshit ass fucking moves. Fuck out of here, talking shit. It's on the first one I remember. It's first one I remember like that. To be honest yep. with you, now that you yeah. mention it, Tom so called it. I'm Tom called it. Undertaker started today's pro wrestling style of the flips and shit. Undertaker is the father of the flips and shit. Uh oh, did I lose Tom? Did you freeze? Oh, there you go. Hundred percent. Okay. Yep, there, there we, we are. Go. Okay. Uh, so right. yeah, it says my now... internet connection is unstable. It's not just my well, internet connection. I mean, it's your life. It's my, it's my whole life and demeanor. And anyway, yeah. So let's get into. Okay, so Undertaker sucks. Listen to it if you want. If you disagree with us, hashtag tweet the table. We probably won't agree with you, but you maybe know, Undertaker sucks is the is the show title. That's he sucks. God, Mark Calloway. Yes, and you know who's our close second? Kane. Ugh. Brothers of Destruction. Those mouth-breathing oh, knuckle-draggers. Oh, Kane? Oh, yeah, Parlor Kane. Capital Kane. Anyhow. Never mind. So let's get into some pro wrestling talk here. As uh, longtime listeners know of this uh, relaunch of Spanish Announce Table uh, 7230, we do a deep dive each and every week of AEW Dynamite, and then we do a, a quick uh, fast lane drive-by of fast the world of, of WWE. So let's get started with this week's AEW Dynamite, as Tim is hanging out in the WWE headquarters parking lot. Yeah, by the way, I, I am. I'm here in Stamford, Connecticut, with an M, Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, it's a little brisk. It's a little, uh, it, although the wind is not blowing, as you can see. Um, I'm here it's outside frozen. of W. Yeah, it's very cold. Yeah, it's very cold, but I'm tough. I'm tough. You know what I mean? I got my guns and my knives, and I'm tough. I'm here at WWE <laughs> headquarters. <laughs> I'll, I'll be. You might need some guns and knives if if you're hanging out in Stamford, Connecticut. All right. Um, I'm here. Uh, you could see that if you were watching the YouTube version of this podcast, and you can do that on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. You can find the link there, or you can go straight to YouTube.com/slash SpanishAnnounceTube because uh, that is where we are. We just hit a milestone today, Tom. We went over so our 100 happy. subscriber mark, right? We started this, I don't know, what, around 300 or something like that, where we said, hey, let's actually, mm -hmm. we got the YouTube channel, let's actually use it. And yeah. uh, here we are, uh, over 100 subscribers, so thanks, uh, and all you folks, pay attention. Uh, well, listen, watch the show, we're going to have some fun, and you're going to hear how you can get involved and possibly have your voice heard right here on the most interactive podcast in pro wrestling history. And let's get into this AEW deep dive. Yeah, let's definitely do that. Before we do, though, I do want to say thank you guys so mm. much for the support. Guys and girls, I know that's not just strictly a men's only YouTube channel. So, again, thank you and to all And whatever you want to call yourself. Yeah, whatever you want to call yourself. But thank you so much for the support. I, we When we went into this endeavor of, like, let's put more focus on the YouTube page, honestly, I didn't think we would get more than five. And we're now over 100. And so that just tickles my soul. I thank you guys so much. But, yes, AEW Dynamite Deep Dive. And it started off with a happy birthday Brody Lee and Dark Order celebration that then led into a tag match that was already advertised of the Dark Order versus TH2 and Chaos Project. The Dark Order, though, had a special partner 
and pending member Hangman Adam Page joining. Really fun match. I thought the the birthday celebration was appropriate. It wasn't overdone. Uh, It got Chaos Theory, uh, or excuse me, Chaos Project out. It it started the initial hoopla. And I loved how Hangman Adam Page walked out and goes, hey, what the fuck's going on? And then just dove off the stage into the crowd of of wrestlers. I thought this match was really good. What did you think about uh, the outcome Um, here? I do like the touch of uh, minus in negative one going like, my birthday was last Tuesday, idiots, or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, finally at the end. Um, that was fun. Um, yes, I like the Adam Page, like you said, where he comes out just, hey, what the hell? Time to kick some ass. Let's do yeah, it. God damn it, guys. Um, I thought we'd ring the bell and I'd get an entrance, but I got to come out here and whip some ass already. Well, and then following um, where we get uh, Guns and Poses, John Silver, and he's all like, he's all, you're so handsome. Uh, your hair is great and like all that stuff. And he's like, I just, I'm so excited for this. And, uh, and I love how they botch it and they've got the, he said yes thing, right? When yeah. He says and he no, said no. Dancing so, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but so he, he a- said like, it was a reluctant no. It was like, Hey, look, I don't think this is a good idea for me. Again, slow rolling. Th- this has been consistent with the Adam Page character in AEW, right? He has been, uh, not, he's got low self-esteem if you will. Right. Well, he's subtle. He's not over the top. He's not the mm-hmm. 1980s. I yell, and when you just say that I stink, I get pissed, and my veins pop out. It's everything's subtle, and man, that really hurt my feelings, and okay, I'll give you another chance, and hey, maybe I'll do this, but maybe I won't. It's very realistic, right? Mm-hmm. I don't always make a decision every single time. Maybe sometimes I slow play some things, so I that's why I enjoy uh, hangman Adam page just as a character and as a baby face in AEW. but I did want to get to a poll real quick. We did ask, should hangman Adam page join the dark order and surprising to me, but with 60% of the vote, it went to no. That's just because 60% of the folks didn't hear our suggestion last week on how they should play the storyline out or they just don't have enough creativity to come up with it on their own. And you should go to our YouTube page. It's on It's on there, our, our suggestion about how Hangman can lead the Dark Order and be that dark, mysterious leader they need, um, and how it can slow roll through a nice, long storyline. Uh, we've covered that, but, um, I yeah, this was an interesting play. I, this story is clearly not done. Oh. It's, it's doing well with the whole, our worry was, what are we going to do with the Dark Order in this post Brody Lee tragedy. And I think this is, this has been a nice where it's not over the top and, and kind of just immediately diverging from him, but also it's drawing a focus into an actual plausible storyline for them. Tim. Okay. So Mm. first off, I want to clarify, uh, dark order did pick up the victory. I don't know if I said that, or not, but just to clarify the dark order picked up the victory. Then they asked hangman, Adam page to join the dark order. He said, no, they had the celebration. They had a guy dressed as a cowboy on like a pogo stick, uh, horse Uh come out. They pushed him back. But Tim, 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 this was a filler episode just on the front end. I'm going to say that it was a lot of filler episode, but it was good. I I thought the episode itself was uh, a solid episode, but not too much happened here. However, next week's episode based off of this segment is going to be out of this world. Crazy. You know why? Right? So next Mm. week we're going to get the good brothers and the young bucks teaming together to take on the dark order. And of 
the Good Brothers, the Young Bucks, and the Dark Order, who's the one thing that ties all of those things together right now? It's well, Hangman I mean, Adam Page. Yeah. Okay. So what is going to happen if the Good Brothers convince the Young Bucks to get the upper hand on the Dark Order? If the Dark Order starts to maybe take the boots to the Good Brothers, where does Hangman Adam Page come out? He's going to do something, right? He has to do something. We're going to see Hangman Adam Page. I think we're going to get the slow yeah, play of Kenny no. Omega may come out there with Don Callis. Yeah, and who's that guy that's the glue that essentially runs through this whole entire match? And it's Hangman Adam Page. I tell you what, Tim, I can't fucking wait. What that if he music- joins like Kenny Omega and Callis no, and the Good Brothers? No, 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 no. <laughs> this is when we're getting Hangman says, you know what? That past group, they were just a bunch of assholes. This Dark Order, they're not too bad. I'm joining them. I predict next they like week. like me for me. Yes, next week, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega post-match, maybe they take out the Young Bucks or something happens there, but they're getting the upper hand on the Dark Order, and the person that comes to make the save, Hangman Adam Page, it's the start. It's the little kernels of storyline that's going to get us to. I know it's going to be a while, but this is the little kernels that's going to get us to Hangman Adam Page taking out that dastardly bastard not Pac, but kenny omega mm, i can't wait till next week that's gonna be a fucking insane match huh god Could damn i can't Could wait be fun. Oh, dynamite's the best all right so let's move on to what happened last night on dynamite the next matchup that i have listed here and again i just have the match sheet so i might be missing some backstage segments as always hashtag tweet the table let us know what we missed but the next matchup that we had was well, cody go ahead so, um, <laughs> what you had was the Don Callis uh, at Kenny Omega's house. Oh, yeah. I was going to get that. Young okay. Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's get into that now. That's fine. Totally cool. Okay. So, the Young Bucks go to Kenny Omega's house in a backstage segment, which was, you know, camera guy follows the Young Bucks. And they get there, and they get inside the house is there for some reason yeah because he's always there he's just you know the new mean gene but more dorky Uh and less cool um so the young bucks walk into into kenny omega's house kenny omega not there which i know the 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 painting was the big viral moment right the the romance novel type painting of kenny omega and don Callis, which was fine it's cool but Don Callis is there. Again, Kenny Omega not there. And the Young Bucks are saying, hey, what the hell? Where's Kenny Omega? And Don Callis essentially, yeah, and Don Callis essentially says, hey, you're holding them back. Get the fuck out of here. Here, you you need some money? Here's a fucking check. Take a check. Kick rocks. And they just bury him, right? We know that these checks are from Impact. We worked there before. They're no good. This first amount that you gave us, we made that last week. Get the fuck out of here. And then Don Callis again is like, you guys are holding back the best wrestler in the world. You got to let go. Get out of here. Young Bucks don't take too kind to these words and super kick him, I'm assuming. I don't know if they like beat him up. I think it was just a super kick. And later on in the night, Kenny Omega shows up to uh, the AEW Dynamite uh, arena, or I guess it's the Daly's place, but that's where the dynamite shows at and bumps into Don Callis backstage in the locker room. Don Callis has his eye. that's all black 
purple and blue. And Kenny Omega's like, who did this? And he's like, the Young Bucks. And that did not make Kenny Omega happy. So what what do you what's your hunch here? What do you who who's behind this? Is this Kenny Omega making Don Callis do his dirty work, or is this Don Callis screwing up things and making uh, uh like a rift between the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega? What do you think's going on? Yeah, I don't know. They've done a good job of not really nailing that down, you know, not making that not obvious. Maybe I don't know if that's by design or they just haven't got there, you know, like they just haven't thought to I do that. I think it's by design. But. Yeah, I think it's by design because I think what they want the audience to believe is this stupid-ass Don Callis is getting in the way of a too sweet bullet club reunion in AEW. Like he's stirring the pot when he doesn't be needing to be stirring the pot. What I think will happen, and again, AEW does such a great job in their short history of subtleties, is if you remember when Kenny Omega got pissed and they lost the tag championships, uh, him and, and Hangman Adam Page, and then he kind of turned on Hangman Adam Page and he went into that limo or that SUV, I believe it was, and the Young Bucks didn't join him. I think we're going to go back to that moment and Kenny Omega is going to say, you didn't, you're not a ride or die. You're not with me. The only guy that's with me is this guy, Don Callis. You wouldn't even get in the, uh, the SUV when I was pissed off. You, you sided with neutral. You, you were Switzerland in this whole debacle. And for that, I'm bombing your ass. I don't know if it's like, you know, they'd say that, but like, I think he's going to go back and say, because of the, disrespect that you showed me that night you're not going to be with me moving forward so i'd think we're going to get the reveal in due time that this is all kenny omega's play here. i like it and then hangman saves the day and then i'm telling you hangman saving the day god damn it i can't that fucking music when it hits oh i get chills i want to fucking ride a horse love that bastard god damn it dark cowboy shit that's when he joins ride a horse I tell you what, when he joins the Dark Order and he becomes the hangman, they just need to make shirts that says Dark Cowboy Shit. It's going to be awesome. Oh, fucking can't wait. That would be nice. Anyhow, next up in our match list here was Cody versus Peter Avalon. And what I thought pretty was... Pretty Peter Avalon. Pretty Peter Avalon. No longer doing the librarian gimmick, if you Good. do remember that from uh, the first that time we got to see him in AEW. That yeah, and I think... I think it was because someone said it was one of those like, hey, I bet no one could do this gimmick. And then Peter Avalon's like, let me give it a shot. And it was something stupid. It's great like that. for indie wrestling, as we've talked about, where, you know, I mean, you go to indie wrestling because you're not following the storyline a whole lot, you know, mm-hmm. from month to month. And he comes out, you know what he is. You boo that guy because he's like, boo, shut up. I'll be as loud as I want. Right. Yeah. And it works for a night. But it can't it can't work for AEW television. Like, I, well, I don't know how you Blue Pants is still trying to do it. I forget her name in AEW, but we remember when we were introduced to her in NXT, her name was Blue Pants. But she's still trying the librarian gimmick. It's not getting over for her either. But Blue what Pants. I was going to say is, yeah, remember that that was a thing in <laughs> so, NXT. That was Blue thing. Pants. Yeah, that was over. It was so Blue over. Pants. And then she said, "I'm out of here." They said, "Let's sign a contract." She's like, "I'm done." Anyhow. Cody versus Peter Avalon. What I was going to say, Cody probably, this is the pro. Yeah, this was the weakest segment I think he's done in AEW Dynamite history so far. Again, it, it can get lower, but this just was a miss. It was, 
he was guaranteeing to beat Peter Avalon in less than a minute. Jade Cargill comes out, distracts him, because, I don't know, I guess that's what happens. Um, the match goes into Cody getting a figure four on Peter Avalon. He goes to rear back to hit Peter Avalon because he's pretty Peter. He doesn't want to get hit in the face, so he taps out. That's the match. I didn't really like this, but what did you think? Same thing. It was nothing was intriguing about it really i this pretty peter avalon i thought i I was excited i was like oh new gimmick and didn't hit really all that well either i was like okay well you're a you're a watered down ravishing recruit i see that's not going very well for you and yeah the whole cody aspect was convoluted i agree with you this felt like it was spinning the wheels right filler as you mentioned earlier it's fattening the the storyline up a little well, and I think, you know, we're trying to get to that point of Cody addresses Shaq to then, I think, get Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. And that's just a lot of steps for, hey, Shaq's doing some business with AEW. It, it just doesn't serve really any uh, it's still, purpose. Yeah. And the and I know, like, the Brandy Rhodes thing really threw all of that into, into a halt. And then we had to come up with this Red Velvet. But they're not going to connect with enough people to make us care about that. Like it makes sense when it's Brandy Rhodes and she's mad. You're talking to my husband and here's, you know, Mm -hmm. Shaq, why are you even like, get out of here. You just want to be, you can't never be in the damn spotlight. Like that's all damn thing. Like you have to be the biggest star on TNT or whatever. You know what I mean? Like get the hell out of here. Right. Like that makes sense. But now this red velvet, who's never until then had a connection to this nightmare family. You know what I mean? Like it was never, it just, yeah, I don't know. And, and it, has not shown anything that makes us say, at least in my mind, that goes, oh, that's the next biggest women's star we have, so let's get her the, sh- the spot where Shaq's going to be sprinkling the mainstream, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean, dust on. Like, you have other people who, you know what I mean, who are much more, like, ready-to-go, polished, packaged products in your women's division that could use, you know what I mean, that, like, hey, everybody should catch on to this. I, I don't know. I just gone and totally different angle than I would have, I guess, but I'm not making those calls. So yeah, neither am I. It just, I get that we want Shaq because Shaq brings the TNT audience maybe from, uh, yeah, but it's just, I don't know something else. Maybe just do the, do the Snoop Dogg spot, right? Have him get on the top rope and do a frog splash on powerhouse Hobbs. Like that I think would be better than what we're trying to do with, all these loot, like you said, loose ends where red velvet now is Brandy's protege. So that makes sense. Give me I a who can and- slam Shaq night and then get, you know, Lance Archer over because he slammed Shaq or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. I agree. So- you can take a else. flat back Shaq. You know what I mean? Flat back Shaq. Well, that, that's the title right there. There it is. <laughs> uh, I thought, I, I think it's fine and I don't hate it. It's just for as good as AEW has been and they're on fire right now, this kind of seems like a, a slight misstep, but let's move mm-hmm. on. Uh, mm-hmm. And what I thought was maybe the most impressive uh, match of the night, we had John Moxley taking on Nick Camarado. Did you see this? I did Holy see this. Shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never seen this Nick Camarado guy. He was looking like he came out of a, a Rambo movie, taking on John Moxley. John Moxley selling for him, taking some uh, good offense from Camarado. I thought Camarado came out of this looking like a million dollars. Uh, John Moxley does get the victory. 
via rear naked choke, which I believe he's using as a last resort type of way to get a victory, right? So he tries his um, paradigm shift. That's his go-to. But if he can't get that, then he might try, you know, move two. And then after you get to you know move six, seven, eight, or nine or whatever, then his last resort is, all right, I'm just going to have to choke you out. Like that's what it seems like his nail in the coffin is in his matches. Uh, but John Moxley picks up the victory and then puts him over, right? Says, Hey, you never know what to expect here on AEW Dynamite. That kid, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially like that kid has a bright future and he does. I want to see more Nick Camarado. That guy was where after this uh, AEW Dynamite episode was over, I was like, that's the guy I want to see on AEW Dark or that's the guy I want to see next week taking on Brian Cage. Yeah, I like that AEW is still doing this, right? They're putting, it's not just the same folks going out there each week and then well right now we're going to get moxley over so you lose right now it's if somebody's going to lose to moxley like it's still a they went the old wwe route they're bringing in an indie name and putting them on there and that person gets a good little rub they get to go out and probably Mm -hmm. bump up their asking price a little bit we get to see a new character and it might take off the eddie kingston thing took off when they brought eddie kingston and everybody went oh yeah that's the guy and Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Maybe they go, hey, more of this guy, and they go, okay, more of this guy, right? So (laughs) I think that's a great idea, and he certainly hit his mark, as we talked about. Like, he brought it. It was a great match. Uh, Looked tough. Looked, you know what I mean, ready to, like, throw hands, right? Um, Yeah, uh, I thought he was was great. Yeah, I want to see more Nick Camarado. I want to see him uh, maybe mix it up with a Jake Hager uh, powerhouse Hobbs, as I mentioned, Brian Cage, uh, get him in there. You know, we like on the WWE side how uh, Apollo Crews and Big E are just big men slapping meat. Well, let's get that shit in AEW, you know, stop with all these goddamn trampoline wrestlers and let's get some big, powerful men just slapping meat. You slapping know what I mean? meat, just slapping. Just Who doesn't want to see that in pro bumping, wrestling? God damn it. Bumping fat meat up against each other. That is what pro wrestling is all about. All right, as we go on to the next match, uh, maybe the most surprising moment of the night, uh, we saw Private Party with Matt Hardy, who, side note, became the number one contenders for the Impact Tag Team Championships, which are held by the Good Brothers, uh, taking on Top Flight and Matt Seidel. Good to see Matt Seidel here. I thought Top Flight looked good as well, uh, but the big... Uh, reveal was that throughout all of these little uh, slights, I guess you could perceive it as from Matt Hardy to private party. Turns out that was actually just grooming them to become heels. They turn heel. They use the chair uh, to get the victory. Uh, So private party now has turned to the dark side, something, at least it's something. Now we could maybe go into the party gimmick. We can get some vignettes to where they're not just guys that are having fun. Maybe they're, partying and you're not allowed at the party like now that makes sense because they're heels you know they're not trying to be inviting yes uh but it's a private party it's a private party yeah and, you, and they could even get, get serious with it right yeah even to you like how you said that right there it's the no 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 this is for vips you're mm-hmm. obviously this, this here this is yeah. a private party yeah right like you're that's the, the line right there like you 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 need to get out because this here this is a private party right like and they just you know what I mean? You're out the room. Um, I agree. I like it. And especially if they – how I would book this is long-term is, you're right, now they get the wins because Matt Hardy's telling them, hey, you just give them the little Kansas City cunt punt, 
Mm-hmm. And when the ref ain't looking, right? And then a little Nashville nut squeeze, and then we're we're on our way, right? And then they're partying it up. They're having the private parties. Oh no, mama, you can come in. You're invited, but not nah, not you, not you, mm-hmm. sir. Right? That that kind of stuff. And then it starts causing them trouble, right? Now they're getting a little backlash from somebody that you know the receipt is coming due. And then they're, you know, Matt Hardy's starting to maybe abandon him a little and just taking his cut. And they're like, you're the one who told us to start doing, you know what I mean? Like, you're the, you know, maybe they're having buyer's remorse. You made the deal with the devil, right? That kind of stuff and see where that leads, right? See, maybe they buy in harder and just take out Matt Hardy or they finally go back to being good guys and get out from under the evil thumb. Who knows, right? But That's uh, yeah. what I was going to say, though, mm-hmm. is maybe they buy into the – the winnings from becoming a heel and they say, Matt Hardy, you ain't keeping up with us. So you know, who's getting kicked out of the party. Yeah. It's you, like, Matt but Hardy. I made you. Yeah. Like, like, Get tough. out of here. Yeah, yeah. But we ended you. Right. Mm. And so, uh, you mentioned this at the top of the show, but yeah, from a technical standpoint, this was, you know, it had some, some moments that were, uh, left to be desired as they say. Uh, but you want to talk about that, that move that you were describing where, it was you got to ba 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 da 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 talk yeah, talk us through what, like it, what you thought about right, that so yeah the one guy was like suspended on the ropes onto a right like so they're doing like the i don't know like the plank on the other guy's shoulders or something and then he leapt frogged over if i'm remembering this correctly and then landed mm-hmm. on him and the whole thing took about a minute and a goddamn half to to set up i mean just it, that one started to lose me i was like guys calm on now i had the fortune of uh, watching a little bit behind and had been spoiled that private party was gonna turn heel or else i might have just fast forwarded to the end and then not really caught that because that wasn't a huge focus if 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 you're doing the thing sometimes it was skipping through you know because time is limited you might not have caught the chair and that they cheated right it might have just been like a oh, private party one and moved on, but I knew right what to watch. But ah, that that one really made my eye roll a little bit, right? Like I I, I don't want to be the old guy doing the Undertaker thing that we discussed earlier about oh, these guys, you know, this move sets today. But like that one was too much. At some point, you got to draw a line. It's it's got to be halfway semi believable in my mind. You know what I mean? I don't know. No, I I totally yeah. agree. It. it they're, they're young teams, so I'm trying to give them a little bit more of that benefit of the doubt where it's like, hey, okay, so we got that one, right? We, we tried that shit, didn't really work. Let's not do that one again. And hopefully that's where uh, the lesson is learned. Or maybe they double down and they start doing this move and practicing it more to make it more crisp. But I don't know. Uh, like I said, I, I prefer my wrestling more of the next match uh, on Dynamite, and we'll get into that right here. It was the female main event before the main event, because that's how it always goes on AEW Dynamite. Mm-hmm. But it was P- Penelope Ford taking on Layla Hirsch. Layla Hirsch is so fucking cool. I like her. One thing that Jim Ross needs to get the fuck over is that she's 4'11". Okay, guess what? Jim, you get in there. What are you going to do to her? Fucking nothing, pal. Like, it doesn't, who cares that she's 4'11? She's a fucking badass. I thought she looked great in the limited time that she had here. Penelope Ford has an it factor. I don't know what it is, but she walks out and has this confidence. Uh, Kip Sabian acts like a, you know, 
a, a, a puppy dog around her where he's just hanging on her every move, it feels like. Then you add Miro and the muscle, and now you have the butler, Charles Taylor, I believe they're calling him. It's not Chucky e. T anymore. It's Charles Taylor. Um, I like Penelope Ford. Charles Taylor. I believe that's what they were saying, but Penelope Ford gets the victory. Uh, Ford, again, is always fun to watch, but where I was left with a great impression was more Layla Hirsch. You know, we mentioned it a few episodes back. Team Taz needs uh, some female presence, I think, and the person that needs to be joining Team Taz more than another hook type of guy in that group is Layla Hirsch. She's a badass. I am excited for Layla Hirsch's future but penelope ford picked up the victory post-match we saw miro tell his butler charles taylor that orange cassidy no longer has a best friend because charles taylor's best friend is miro what'd you think of that that was fun i like orange cassidy's reaction where he's just sadly disappointed right and just kind of turned and walked away um, he was like a uh, Bernie Sanders at the inauguration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really was. <laughs> like, uh, just, I, don't like this. I don't like any of this, but here we but go. But also, like, I have other things to do. Like, I'm busy, so like, I've yeah, got to go. Like, all right, next yeah, time to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like this. Is going to be fun with Charles Taylor, mm-hmm. um, and this can be good exposure for him if they play it right, right? If they keep demeaning this guy, and and you know what I mean, and we want to see Chuck Taylor back, you know. Um, but same kind of thing. He could dig in and and get the Stockholm syndrome, and you know, kind of ride or die for Miro for a little bit. So that that could be fun too, right? He could right when uh, what's the other guy's name again? I'm I'm, I'm Kip Sabian. No, um, of the best. Friend. Oh, Trent. Uh, right, Trent. When Trent comes back, and they're like, "Hey, let's rescue you," you know, that would be a long time. I don't know, but then, you know what I mean. You could. No, you know what I mean. No, I like my position. I like where I'm at. You know, that kind I of sure stuff. hope not. I love the yeah. best friends. I'm still high on the best friends. They're my favorite tag team. Obviously, Trent is hurt with a, I believe, pectoral uh, tear. So we, you know, got a few more months of him recovering from that. But they're my favorite tag team. I absolutely love them. I want to see more of them. Uh, so hopefully they don't do that. But yeah, I think this can still have some more fun segments in it as we see the butler for Miro uh, get ridiculed and demeaned. Now, before we get into the main event, I did want to mention uh, AEW did uh, make an announcement that there is going to be a women's tournament that will determine the number one contender for the women's AEW championship. Like that move. Hopefully that means in an AEW uh, Dynamite episode in the future, we might have three women's matches or two or maybe one not before the the main event. Yeah, right. That would be fun. I saw somebody tweet and I don't have their name. So sorry. Sue me. Uh, Don't sue me. I don't got anything for you to sue. (laughs) But uh, it's... (laughs) Uh, it's a death taxes and 8:30 p.m. Central or Eastern, whatever it was. Uh, women's match on. Yeah, it's on always yeah. the same thing. And again, look, you're you're creating expectations. One of the other things that you know WCW did great during the Monday Night Wars is at the top of the hour or to start the show, you got the luchadors and the cruiserweights to give you all the fast action, right? You became conditioned to expect that. I get it. 
but I don't want to be conditioned that the women only can be the piss break before the main event. Because, you know, in pro wrestling booking, uh, uh, you know, um, tradition, that is the piss break before we got to make sure we're watching the main event. And so that's where I think maybe we need to, again, as I mentioned last week, uh, just move with the uh, scheduling and, and formatting of the show just a tad bit. But yeah, I agree. Let's get into the main event. This was interesting. Uh, it was the inner circle winner becomes the main tag team main event match. And he- here's some thoughts I had before we get into the match. One, super interesting that you can have a match of two, four, six, six heels wrestle each other and we care, right? Like it obviously main evented for a reason. It draws ratings. They are interesting, but we shouldn't fucking care, right? Like who cares? They all lose. You know, we've talked about last week when it was Hitler versus Mussolini. Like I'm not rooting for anyone in that fight. And in the inner circle, you shouldn't care who the uh, main of, or, you know, the main tag team is or Stalin. Totally root for Mussolini, man. Come on. Easy. Whoa. Whoa. That was sarcasm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're no. like, sure. Well, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure thing, pal. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's get into it. It was MJF and Chris Jericho, Santana and Ortiz, and then, uh, Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager, which side note, they actually got Sammy Hager to say that his favorite tag team was Sammy Guevara and Jake yeah, Hager. You, you Great. acted Great job. very shocked about that, but I'm sure it costs like a cheeseburger and a six pack to get Sammy Hager. It's to- still cool. <laughs> hey, you know. Maybe they sent him some chicken wings. Maybe. I heard that actually is a great way to get people involved in uh, your media. Yeah, in your right, interview yeah. or media. Um mm-hmm. No, I, I thought it was great. And I, I like, you, you know, one thing during this whole pandemic that I will give credit to AEW is they've done a lot of pop culture and pseudo celebrities involved in their show. And outside the Mike Tyson flub that they had where Tyson was just ripping his shirt in front of Jericho for no apparent fucking reason, their, their spots have all made sense and not been overdone. Like that was the perfect way for Sammy Hager uh, Hager to be on AEW, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It wasn't that yeah. he walked out with them or he was in their corner. It's like, okay, we're pushing the limits. It was just a, hey guys, you like rock and roll? Remember me from Van Halen? See ya! And you're like, oh, neat. Okay, moving on. They're perfect. If you remember the Manitoba Melee when it was Lou Ferrigno mm-hmm. and Jay and Silent Bob and all those guys, it was just the wow. So let's get into the, that was kind of weird. Uh, So let's get into the main event. Uh, What'd you think? Let's get into that first before I say who the winner was and yada, 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 all that stuff. Um, Yes, you're right. It's interesting how they, they turn this like triple threat of heels in the same gimmick into a match that we care about. That is unique, but I also like it just in the end, I still was kind of, the way they ended it just kind of left a like, oh, okay, so what? <laughs> like it was just kind of a what? I don't know that this is advancing much. Well, and I also don't think we're telling a new story. You know, there there can be yeah. infighting 
that's interesting. And then there can just be infighting because we need the inner circle on this week. It was interesting when it's Jake Hager and Wardlow because, hey, I'm the fucking monster in this group. Well, no, fuck you. I'm the monster in this group. But then when you're saying that same story, but it's I'm the, we're the tag team in this group. Well, there were that. It's the same fucking thing. I really thought so. MJF and Chris Jericho win. MJF pulls the tights of Sammy Guevara to get the one, two, three. Um, I really thought, though, this could have been the re-solidifying of Santana and Ortiz. You could have been like, hey, this was the team that was brought in here, and then this is going to be the match that proves why they're the team in the inner circle. Instead, we get MJF and Chris Jericho, which now you're just devaluing Santana and Ortiz. Like, what, what's their purpose now if they're not the tag team in, in, in the inner circle? Are they going to do singles pushes? I doubt it. So uh, I just don't yeah. know what we're doing with this. Unless we are just getting closer to the end of the inner circle and you know well then and they can the, go do a tag team thing but again it's a bloated tag team roster yeah i totally agree but we know that they're good remember the street fight that they had oh, with the best probably friends? one of the best they got yeah and so yeah. i just i i really thought they misfired and they could have said santana and ortiz are the shit and you guys must have forgot but this is the going to be the match that makes you realize yeah. they're they're just, awesome just their tag team lineage would suggest they're not losing to two makeshift teams yeah or I else just, what are they yeah yeah i don't i don't know and then the other thing that i think the inner circle is missing right now is okay so mjf joined the inner circle now we've got a little bit of this where does mjf fit in who does he like who is he trying to play where is he trying to scheme? Is he legit? All of that kind of angle. And like I said, I enjoyed the Wardlow Jake Hager thing because it's you know two monsters. It's a brand new faction. They got to figure out the pecking order. But now let's see who they're fucking facing. Stop facing each other. I need to see like who are you going after. Yeah. Got, what, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You got the goddamn Good Brothers from Impact hanging out here beating up people backstage. You're not saying shit about that or even addressing it. You know, what the hell? You got Eddie Kingston and his family, who they did a backstage promo with uh, Jake the Snake and and, uh, Lance Archer, which was, or yeah, Lance Archer, which was good. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was fine. Uh, Just want to make mention of that before we close up on AEW. But Inner Circle, identify who we're taking out. What's your goal here? You keep saying we're the best. Well, Jericho was the champ. Yeah, Jericho was the champ when crowds were involved. That's been a while, pal. So let's get into what we're doing here. Well, so, and there is nothing right now, because if it's not about elevating Jericho to a world title, what does a faction like this do? Especially when there's no other factions like that to tackle. So unless they're biding time, like you said, to be the, the turn them face as they take on the impact this ins- new insurrection impact yeah. group but i don't then that doesn't make sense with the mjf and wardlow joins the group stuff that kind of it felt uh, yeah i don't know i don't know where they're going with it and i wish they would like you said create a definitive decision and go with it and do it whether it's dissolution through tearing apart from the inside via mjf or unified front and going after somebody either way let's get something going 
Yes, definitely. Uh, as I'm reviewing my notes, I did miss a couple segments here, so let's just do a quick rack, wrap up before we move on to the WWE portion. Wrap it up, we Pete. did, yeah, we we did see that Sting uh, congratulated Darby Allen for uh, retaining his title. Then Team Taz Dude, cut a sucks. promo, and then I think we're gonna get a cinematic match of a street fight so that we can get around the limitations of Sting, which is fine. This is this is the point that I was going to make, though, and this goes back to the inner circle. To your point, okay, now we've identified, for whatever reason, Chris Jericho and MJF are going to be a tag team, so they're going to go up the tag team ranks, right? Well, Darby Allen is your TNT champion. I'm exhausted from his feud with Team Taz. I don't mind if we come back to this this time next year and we have this, like, Tommy Dreamer Raven type thing, but even Tommy Dreamer and Raven fought other guys and then would come back to each other. We can do that. But where I was going to go with this is now we've got the tag team for the inner circle. Well, now Sammy Guevara needs to do something. Wouldn't it be fucking cool if he went after the TNT championship and we had Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. And then why not throw in jungle boy, Jack Perry? There you go. A triple threat for the TNT championship. You got Jungle Boy Jack Perry, Darby Allen as champion, and Sammy Guevara with Jake Hager in his corner. Right there. That could work. That could work. Uh, that was the other thing I was going to say is uh, FTR got baited into a match with uh, the bald one mm. taking on Jack Perry. So that happened. That was as well. a good segment. I like that one in the back. Yeah, though. it was I really good. That. That was done well. Like you said, it wasn't in the ring. Mm-hmm. It was. It felt real. It, everything that they barked back and forth was exactly how fights happen in a bar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yep. this, oh, yeah, you're tough. No, I'm tough. No, you're tough. No, I'm tough. Watch. Oh, 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 you want to prove it? Oh, you're okay. Right? Like, And somebody's kind of like, no, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, that was really well uh, done really well. The, the Darby Allen thing, I, I want to hit on that again. That was so – how they set that up and then – when Taz is just like balls in your court what do you got and then we're just silent staring at each other guys like we couldn't write something a little better than that and then his response didn't make any sense either like careful what you wish for you just might get he didn't wish for anything he asked for you to say something like he asked for you to make a declaration and you said careful what you wish for like yeah this is I don't know what to make of that this is a feud that feels like it's going on too long and then maybe on paper it felt like it got a, a, a bit of a refresh with the addition of sting but with sting's limitations it feels like now we're just dragging our feet and you have too many guys in team taz that are just sitting there twiddling their thumbs i need to see ricky starks in a match or a feud i need to see ricky St- why isn't team taz taking on the inner circle that could be something right like i just need those guys doing more than running away from an old man with a bat and a weird kid that yeah. paints his face inner circle is a face which i mean they kind of half are they're, they're kind of that john cena role for some aspects you know mm-hmm. um why aren't they taking on team taz you know why isn't it team taz versus inner circle yeah going for something here uh as we were talking about, and one other thing that I missed, because, you know, sometimes I miss things. That happens. It's our podcast, not yours. You're welcome. Uh, Kenny Omega, after he saw Don Callis with his busted up face, uh, got pissed off, 
went backstage, beat up Pentagon, and the Good Brothers and him took out uh, Pentagon. So now we're going to get a six-man tag of Pac, Ray Phoenix, and God dang John Moxley. That's an insane team. Mm-hmm. Taking on Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. That's a hell of a match. I'm yeah. excited for that. I forget that match when is they go hard. I forget when they said it might be in two weeks. Might be that's that beach, beach break or whatever bag. they're calling. Yeah, it. yeah. I think that's maybe where it's taking place. Maybe the main event for that show. Uh, that is going to be crazy. The oh, talent that's when they're going that? to Miami. They're going to Miami for a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's going to be woo. Yeah, it's a big John show. Moxley and Pac together with Ray Phoenix, who can do every cartwheel and backflip you can ask and then taking on talents like Kenny Omega and the good brothers. Ah, I'm all about it. But like I mentioned next week is the match to, Oh, Hangman Adam page. I want to get on a fucking horse right now. I tell you what, next week we're going to get, uh, the dark order taking on the good brothers and the young bucks. Something's going to happen. And Hangman's going to come out looking like a fucking stud. Mm. A W. Still kicking it. Hangman. So uh, before we wrap up, I do want to give our weekly poll as I try to find it here. This actually had some interesting uh, results. I don't know if you got to see this on our Twitter page. It's at mm. Table Show if you'd like to participate mm. or follow along with our live tweets. Mm. Uh, but the question was, what grade would you give tonight's AW Dynamite? Mm-hmm. With 0% was A... With 33% was B, with 27% was C, and the winner for this poll, for this mm. week's AEW Dynamite, was D with 40%. I don't know if I'd go that hard, but it definitely was a filler episode. Yeah. Well, and so, I mean, if you're grading on a curve, this would be the one you drop off of the bottom. Uh, I feel like this has probably been one of the episodes that I would stick out as like if you had to rank them, this was probably mm-hmm. the one that was the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, there was good stuff in it. Not terrible. Yeah, I don't know that I would give it a D. Uh, um, you know, it was average or below average in my, you know, of like pro wrestling. Mm. But their I mean? bar is so high. If you yeah, apply this to SmackDown, this is an A. Or no, maybe not yeah, that much. But it's Smackdown's a Smackdown's been, you know? been the better WWE show as of late. Yeah, but I'm in, just saying a two-hour show. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. a two-hour show mm-hmm. uh, applied to WWE. Yep. I even think it was better than NXT, even though they had that pit fight with uh, Tommaso Ciampa and oh, yeah, Timothy Thatcher. I thought the the big takeaway for me was the heel turn from Private Party, and then again that Nick Camarado. I want to see Nick Camarado. Hey, there you go. Let's start doing some uh, new faction. Put Nick Camarado and Layla Hirsch if she's not going to join Team Taz. Put those two super freak athletes together and just have them run through the whole division on whatever they want to do. It's not a bad idea. There you go. All right, so let's talk about some WWE side of things. Well, we were on Wednesday night talking about AEW Dynamite, so let's stick with the NXT. We had some Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classics going on. There were some interesting booking choices in this one. We had mm-hmm. uh, Kushida and Ruff over Theory and Gargano and Lucha House Party over Imperium on the men's side. And then on the women's side, Carter and Kenton Zaro over Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez, which is probably less shocking than the men's side. 
Um, I don't know. Did you yeah. see this Catanzaro 630 splash? Mm-hmm. Stop. What are we doing? <laughs> Fucking, you're going to hurt someone. We mm. all know that this is like acting. We don't. Mm. Uh, God, it looked mm. dangerous, didn't it? She yeah, did not land did. that gracefully. No. At least in my mm-hmm. opinion, she didn't. So I don't know, man. That yeah, just, it's a lot. It's a lot. I was I uh, wasn't a fan. Uh, a friend of the show, Kurt Stallion, had a big spot there, uh, helping out Lucha House Party, right? Love Kurt Stallion. By the mm-hmm. way, great guy, uh, behind the scenes, uh, fantastic wrestler, uh, huge fan of Kurt Stallion. So anytime you get him on uh, NXT proper and not just 205 Live, which is kind of the mini NXT in my opinion, uh, I'm a fan of that. Yep, and then as you mentioned, the big match here was Thatcher over Champa in the NXT Fight Pit. Uh, this is always a fun little uh, thing they do as cool. long as they don't overdo it. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool. We've done that now two times this year because obviously the first time we re-debuted this was with Thatcher and Riddle, and Thatcher choked out Riddle, and then Riddle goes to the main roster. If this wants to be, if this, if they want this to become Thatcher's signature match, I'm okay with. I feel, though, if you're going to make signature matches for people, they need to be a little bit more important. And I'm not saying mm. that the feud between Thatcher and Ciampa isn't, isn't important. I love it. I remember their, uh, going back to their NXT TakeOver match. If you watch my instant reaction, that was my favorite match of the night. It was awesome. It's great. And this uh, storyline is really great. But if we're going to do a third one, which hopefully it's not anytime soon, let's make that for thatcher's first nxt title reign or something like that mm. that's where i feel like this match is a little bit more important than just hey we need a main event we'll throw in the cage you know mm. right yeah, yeah um okay so that was the nxt side of things let's hit uh, kind of the main rosters on wwe again so much content that we're not gonna touch everything because a lot of it isn't good. We're just gonna not be a, yeah. Not everything needs to be talked about because not everything is great. Um, starting then more at the bottom, uh, I do like Billy Kay with the Riot Squad. I like that she's kind of they're a little annoying um, because she's just funny. Billy Kay is fun. I, I like what she's doing right now. If, she, if, if you're not gonna go be challenging for a title, I'd rather you do something like this than just kind of in a know nothing storyline. Yeah, I actually think we can uh, turn this up a little bit. And I say Billy Kay just becomes a floating manager to people who just kind of half-ass agree to her being the manager. So she does this fumble where she walks in in the middle of a match between Liv Morgan and uh, whoever she took on. Cost Liv Morgan the match. I think it was Natalia, right? And so have Riot Squad kick her to the curb. Billy Kay gets up, dusts herself off. Dust herself off, uh, has her resume, finds, uh, I don't even, the street profits, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, hey, tonight you could really use a manager to help you get the big victory. She does something very similar to maybe grabs the wrong guy's leg. Uh, It's a street profit guy. He loses. They kick her to the curb. And so she just becomes this like joke of like, I can fit in somewhere. And then the payoff could be she finds Otis or she finds Chad Gable and then takes that person to the moon. Mm. 
It could be, yeah. I could get behind that. But I just, yeah, I just don't know if I necessarily just want this to be a, hey, and now Billy Kay is a Riot Squad member. Because it's like, well, they suck as it is. They don't need more people to suck. <laughs> um, Bailey is doing something a little too close to the waiting room for my comfort mm-hmm. to want to get behind it with this ding dong hello and that's a little forced i don't i don't know if this one's gonna stick i don't think it's well gonna it's her whole little you know during the pandemic one of her catchphrases has been ding dong hello yeah. oh okay right okay i'm fine with that but yeah if i were to say hey wife i want to watch this segment she goes oh well, what is it i go so it's a new talk show in wwe and she goes okay so what is it called and i say ding dong hello that's not gonna go over well I can say the waiting room, and they're like, well, what are you talking about? I was like, well, in real life, Britt Baker is a doctor. It's Dr. Britt Baker's waiting right. room. Yeah, that is a you know hand-in-glove kind of fit. This makes me kind of feel like, what are we doing? Maybe stop with all the fucking talk shows and just come up with something new. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um uh, Adam Pierce was replaced by Kevin Owens, right? So he gets him to sign the contract and then goes, oh, man, the snagging injury. Oh, but it's in the contract card subject to change. And you can see Roman Reigns already knew. He's like, this son of a bitch, right? Um, so that was good. I think we called it. This was going to go. We didn't think Adam Pierce was going to make it, although you said there was a chance just because you know, I thought he was generally throwaway. Yeah, yeah, I really thought he was, and I was so excited. I even shared uh, on my Instagram a past match. It was actually Adam Pierce's last match for Metro Pro, a old promotion here in Kansas City. Uh, I shared the video that I took of that match where he jumped off the top rope into the entire Metro Pro roster, and I was like, man. He was so fucking good. And then I started thinking back to the seven stages of hell that he had with Colt Cabana. And I really worked myself into before SmackDown started going like, no, I'm into this. Fucking Adam Pierce is going to have a hell of a match. And as cool as Kevin Owens is, and as cool as that swerve is for the storyline. Would have been cooler. Yeah, it would have been cooler. I just wonder if he can't and, and we don't know that. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Can. Yeah, of course. Maybe there's a Maybe there is a legit nagging injury neck spine knee whatever it is that he's like i'm not gonna fucking wrestle and they're like okay but i wanted it i wanted it so bad and we have a tweet the table on this later uh that we'll get to when we get to the fan portion of the show stay tuned for that hear how you could get involved we can hear your thoughts on subjects just like this with hashtag tweet the table um nakamura a little face turn in progress and possible return to the the upper card yeah went back to the old music got rid of the rap style of his song uh, hey, this? God dang, I I always go back to, and maybe it's a little of this, you know, uh, absent grow makes the heart grow fonder or whatever mm. that phrase is, but yep. just Wrestle Kingdom 9, and he walks out as the Intercontinental Champion, and I even re- remember I called you, and I was like, this motherfucker right here? Oh, it was so fucking cool. I want that guy back. I want that guy back. Motherfucker. I want... Nakamura, god damn, he's cool. Yeah, uh, he is cool. I'm excited for that. Um, he's such a fucking weirdo. He's such a fucking weirdo, and he's so goddamn cool. He's Mike Tyson and Freddie Mercury. I love that motherfucker. Nakamura, baby. Nakamura. <laughs> Nakamura. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Um, Randy Orton in a skin mask. Maybe. What yeah. 
it was a bad. Uh, it wasn't a bad idea to say, "Hey, he got shot in the face with fire. He's gonna have some lingering injuries. He's gonna have the Cody Rhodes gimmick." Yeah, Remember the mask. Right. Yeah, the dashing uh, Cody Rhodes. It was. Um, it was just a what miss was it? with. So dashing Cody Rhodes is when he had like the mustache and he was giving you the tips. What was the one when he had the mask? What did he call himself? Was it? It was. It was another D word, but it was something. Yeah, it was. I, I remember dashing, but I don't remember the other one. Mm-hmm. We don't fact check. No. Hashtag tweet table. Let us know. Uh, it was just the wrong choice of mask. If they would have went all black, if they would have went something other than that weird, uh, you know, Caucasian skin color. Uh, I think it would have been better, but that was just a, ugh. but maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe they're like, Hey, we don't give a shit about the memes or the man in the iron mask. That's uh, all going to be good. That's it's gonna all going to be fine because right? it's attention, but it looks hideous and as it should. And so maybe that's what they're going for. I don't know. Yeah. You're supposed to look like a freak. You're right. To look gross. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and then I guess they are completely giving the fiend character to Alexa bliss. Oh, Tim, how much does this fucking suck? Because we know what's going to happen. Tim, we know what's going to happen. Tim, we know what's going to happen. Tell us what's going to happen, Tom. (sighs) This is what's going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen of the Spanish Down Stable Nation, I'm so sorry that I'm putting that out there or putting this out there in the universe because... When you say it, typically it happens, and it's going to happen. But here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Tom is manifesting right now. And I don't even want to, but we know how bad the writing is with WWE. This This is is an unwilling manifestation. And it sucks, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Here's what it is. strap it on and get ready for the ride. So what we're going to have happen in in this storyline progression is we're going to have Alexa Bliss who just scared Asuka, right? Scared her in the playground thing. Asuka did that really well, though. She did awesome for the limited time that she had, right? Wasn't then, overdone, but she looked uncomfortable, yeah. worried, and then scared, eventually more and more scared, right? Yeah. Right. So then later on in the night, Asuka loses, even though she's champion, just straight up to Alexa Bliss, who does like a, a commercial uh change of her wardrobe where now she just looks emo so now we're gonna get alexa bliss and oscar at the royal rumble and alexa bliss is gonna win that title and i don't know how we're gonna get here because they're probably not gonna go that predictable but we all know at wrestlemania uber babyface charlotte is gonna overcome the female fiend, Alexa Bliss, and become champion. Well, and Charlotte's getting this uber babyface push right now with this Lacey Evans is Rick know, Flair the, thing. And Nicole Smith, yeah. And the tie-in with, hey, you beat my tag team partner. I need to avenge her loss. She's my friend. It all Yeah, Alexa Bliss is going to set her on fire. And maybe Something. Asuka goes away for a few months. Right? Well, here's the thing that you could do. There is an aspect of Asuka's character that is... Like, you know, um, she could become part of the fun house. <laughs> no, no, but there's a, there's an aspect of, uh, of the Oscar character that is, you know, this almost, uh, Finn Balor fiend or not Finn Balor fiend, uh-huh. but Finn Balor, uh, yeah. uh demon she character that she, 
Right. She could become like, hey, if you're going to get dark, I'll get dark with you. And she could do that one character that she did over in Japan. I just don't think we're doing that. I think, I think we're going to have I think what you do is, is you burn her, but she shows up as a character in the funhouse. Hey, that'd be cool. Hey, you know. Because she fits in real well with there. Because she, you know what I mean? They could, she could say a bunch of stuff that nobody knows what she's saying, right? Mm-hmm. But they could just play along with it. Um, or anytime yeah. you need a dub over, she can just move her lips and then it's the fiend Bray Wyatt talking mm-hmm. over that. Yeah, I mean, you could do that as well. But yeah. Guys, we all know it's going to fucking happen. We're not excited for it, but Charlotte beats uh, Fiend Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. But let's talk about that real quick. That was the other part of Monday Night Raw uh, and also on their social Mm. media channels. They announced the next three years of WrestleMania. So this year it's going to be in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. So they got the Super Bowl and WrestleMania. Kudos to Tampa Bay. Next year... We're going to get uh, Dallas Cowboys because, you know, the Corona won't be around then. So we just get 100,000 people in there. And then two years after that or two years after this year, we're going to L.A. because that's when hopefully we get the Rock versus Roman Reigns. The Corona is going to be around forever. It's just we'll hopefully be able to deal with it by then, I guess. Um, or just push it under the rug. It's not. A I real know. Thing. I know. I mentioned we should go to Dallas and Dallas would be great because it's only what? You know, eight hours away from us. That would be the easiest logistically for us. That'll also be my daughter's 18th birthday. And the next year is Hollywood. Fucking Hollywood. So, you know, we may be going to one of those WrestleManias. We're going to have to work that out and determine what we want to do. Oh, you're not missing your daughter's 18th birthday. Yeah, we got to go to Hollywood the next year after. That'll be cooler than Dallas, Texas anyway. Right. Yeah, what's what's good in Dallas? Unless you're from Dallas, listeners, thank you so much. Appreciate the support. You're you're what's good in Dallas. You're what's good, but your town. <laughs> eh. um, no, I'm kidding. I've never been to Dallas. Been to Houston, but never been to Dallas. I've been there um, twice, I think. Yeah. But yeah, L.A. That's where you want to go, right? That's the glitz and the glamour. Because the thing is, is the fucking place. Every WrestleMania is going to be assuming we're going back to. Who gives a fuck? We're just going to ram people into all these things as much yeah, as possible. You're going to sit on top of people. We're going to double book these seats. Right. So if we're going to go back to that, how old WrestleManias were, then uh, let's go to L.A. Because then when we can't get into the Hall of Fame or whatever, because our seats are, you know, our yeah, our seats are taken by someone else. Well, at least we can go do something else because L.A. has right. 10 million other things to do. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Then let's. Let's hear what the listeners had to say about the pro wrestling world. Tom, I've got some Tweet the Tables. I've got an email to the show. I like it. I, I dig it. I mentioned, I mentioned uh, that somebody uh, sent us a Tweet the Table about the Adam Pierce-Kevin Owens mm-hmm. storyline. And it's at Katie the First Lady. And she says it would have been good for an Edge return one year later, but I guess he's not ready yet. Hashtag Tweet the Table. I don't know if that would have made sense. Like Edge doesn't have any beef with roman that we're aware of right now you know what i mean like don't just i agree however you know things can be brought up out of thin air right adam pierce was a was a mentor during edge during do something you know, backstage could, that day yeah they, bumps into him and then he has jay Uso beat him up you know right yeah they could have done yeah. something really quick i don't know that we're edge might be in a similar situation where he may not he's only got a few of these left and he may be waiting until we can get crowds again yeah I feel like these part-timers, uh, they're not going to wait till we can get crowds again. At least I, don't. I agree. I, I also think they don't want to waste it on, 
even though it's good for the storyline and it's good for the TV, I, I, I still think if they did pull the trigger and say Roman Reigns rock this year at WrestleMania, that's going to mm. be awesome and amazing. It's just what's your financial return when you could save it, hopefully, because, again, you can just make a storyline out of thin air. We've seen WWE yeah. do it a million times. Well, because that's it. it. They're not going to get the rock to bump up all these like WWE network subscriptions because you offer it for free for the month. So like mm-hmm. if all of a sudden people are like, Rock's going to be on there, I'll just sign for this free WWE network and cancel it, you know? Um, so yeah, you're right. I think you're right there. Um, let's move on to at double A underscore W I R. He says, so now Randy Orton is the new cane hashtag tweet the table. Here's mm. my question to you. How long does he wear the mask? Very similar to Ray Mysterio's eye, which is now just healed. Uh, how long does these burns last on Randy Orton? Well, until this Bray Wyatt feud is done, right? WrestleMania? Are we going to WrestleMania with Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt too? Uh, maybe. Ew, that's a long ways to go. But they would have to end it now and start something new for both of these guys because they're both going to be on WrestleMania. So right. maybe, maybe we are long playing this one. It feels like we've already done everything we could with the storyline, though. I've uh, yeah I don't know what we're doing I don't I, unless it's one of those like how Undertaker appeared the night of against John Cena where Randy Orton's like Bray Wyatt you need to show your face and then he takes his mask off and he goes I show you my scars I want to see yours and then he appears and then we get a quick match God that could actually happen too Fuck that's bad Ugh. Mm, That is bad uh, and just because I thought that was funny from Double A, and he's got a very similar one here, I'm going to read this one also. He says, "So Alexa Bliss is now friends with Little Jimmy." Hashtag tweet the table, and yeah, Little Jimmy was riding this the uh, the rocking horse. Well, and that's who needs to come out next week in the playground is our truth, Little Jimmy. I well, I think our truth needs to come out, and it could it could be as simple as this: where Alexa Bliss is doing your playground. We don't know who the guest is. The 24 seven title just runs through the playground. He sees, you know, the rocking chair or the rocking horse or even the swing set move. And he's like, little Jimmy, little Jimmy, you got to come with me. And Alexa mm-hmm. Bliss is like, you motherfucker. And then just Sister Abigail's him. And then that's the end of the segment. Well, could just see, he could be like, little Jimmy, you got to come with me. And be like, little Jimmy, why do you look like that? Right. And then she uh-huh. just, you know what I mean? Does something and we takes him out. All of a sudden our tooth is gone. And then she could even have the 24 seven time. That would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Hashtag tweet the tables. I'm going to cut it there because, you know, this has been a long show, and I'm going to cut it off. That's how razor thin we keep this margin. You can use hashtag tweet the table and join in on the conversation. We're going to read the best of them here, and, and you got to bring it. you got to come with it. you got to be good. Come on, We're going to, you know what I mean? It's got to spark some interesting conversation between Tom and I. But if you can't uh, fit it into a tweet, or maybe you're just not on Twitter, maybe you don't like Twitter and you don't want to be on there, you can still contact the show still have your voice heard you can email the show tableshow at gmail.com and we have a email from a friend of the show john batten and i'm gonna hey. remind you to hashtag be like john batten there it is and email the show tableshow at gmail.com and he says which did you enjoy more alexa shooting randy orton with a fireball fireball all right or or kane setting fire to jr or kane setting jr on fire right he says i really hope you get the audio for the latter i did not sorry um but what did you enjoy more i i definitely kane setting jr on fire 
Definitely Team Kane on that one. Not much else. But Team Kane on that one. You're thinking about oh. it, huh? So, okay, so here's the bad parts of both. Mm. Is when JR gets lit on fire, they have the worst audio dub over of him yelling for his life. It was so... Right, even and in I think the that's 90s, what he was asking for. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and even in the 90s, you're like, what? Yeah, that's bad, guys. Randy Orton was bad, but it wasn't Randy Orton's fault. Randy Orton was, was bad because, long. yeah, it was Peter Griffin hitting his knee and going, ah, ah, ah. And it was like, you guys, that would have been great if it was hits, you know, in the face of the fireball, falls to the ground, rolls once, rolls screams twice. Screams once or twice, and we Screams cut. once or twice, and then we're done. So go back to her face grinning, you know, like you yeah. did in the last show. So I think I'm going to say the one I actually enjoyed the most was Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton, because those two didn't fail the segment. The segment was failed by the production team and well, you could uh, say that's timing. the same thing that failed the other one. I mean, but it's OK. Well, you can be wrong once in a while. It's fine. No, nah, I'm not. I'm never wrong. <laughs> um, but no, the Kane one was bad because it was just. It made me uncomfortable. It was just like, I don't ever want to see that again. Yeah, well, you know what else Kane did that made you uncomfortable? Anyway. Um, Run for mayor. Katie, yeah, well. Oh, you're talking in, in storyline. Yeah, Katie, yeah. Uh, Vic, and all that stuff. Yeah, no, but I'm talking about Run for mayor. Yeah, uh, no, in real life, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Run for anyway. life. Parlor account. Uh, anyhow. Yeah. Anyhow, you know who wasn't wrong? John Batten. So you should hashtag be like John Batten and email the show table show at gmail.com. And don't forget also to use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. You can follow us at table show. He is at T Mac M A C underscore eight one six. I am at the awesome voice and uh, gosh, check out Spanish table.net subscribe to the audio podcast. If you can't watch the YouTube and tell your friend a parentheses S about the show. Right, mm-hmm. we need some. We need some exposure. We need some help. Send us some money. You can donate on SpanishNounceTable.net, and that'll help us put money into advertising for exposure. And, right. ladies and gentlemen, you're going to want to listen and tune in uh, to next week's episode because we're going to celebrate that the Chiefs are going to back-to-back Super Bowls. How much fun is that going to be? That's going to be so fun. I'm going to enjoy all of that, but I enjoyed all of this as well. So. I don't know if we've got any parting words for pro wrestling, but um, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. The Spanish announce table.